Lancy Leland Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Lancy Leland Church building at the bank in the Chamber of Lions of Guernsey. Contact us or find out more information about us. Please visit our website at delancyleland.co.uk this morning, I'm going to talk on what I ended up calling going for a drive in the country. I don't really know how I came up with that title, um, but I'll take you through that in a minute. But it's always good to start with a bit of humour. Um, apparently that warms your audience and I need all the warming I can get, so let's, let's start with a little bit of humour. I don't know if any of you get um, what's called salt and light. It's, a, it's an email of... of church-based humour that comes through on a Monday afternoon. And sometimes if I'm busy on a Monday with all sorts of things going on, just a little bit of lightheartedness about three o'clock in the afternoon pops up on my email. And I think some of them are quite good. So I've just shared three or four with you, uh, just as a bit of humour. Um, so I don't need to read them to you, do I? But uh, that's, that's my first one. If you wouldn't mind uh, just going through the next one. Hopefully we've got four for you. I didn't really think we'd get the sign up. You've got to look close at some. My personal favourite is this last one. Quite relevant, I thought. Before we begin our search for the new pastor, I say we break and play a game of hide and seek. Maybe as a leadership, that's what we did. You never know. We're not going to tell you. Okay. It's always good to have a little bit of light-hearted anyway. Um, don't you find sometimes that the, the times that God decides to speak to you can be the strangest of times? It's not like, you know, you haven't got to make an appointment and sit down and, and kind of, you know, wait for God to speak to you. He'll speak to you in all sorts of moments when you're just going about your daily lives because that's the sort of God he is. He's, he's part of our daily lives. Well, recently I had to renew my driving licence and it's a strange thing, isn't it? Straight away, you must be thinking, what in the world is he going to talk about? Are you renewing his driving licence? How could that be anything to do with God? But actually, it turned out it was. I felt um, afterwards, and I'll take you through some of the process, but I, I felt afterwards God was really talking to me through that situation. The oddest thing in the world, really. You, you do ask, ask why. But anyway, just to take you through the process so we, we understand each other. The process started, as it always does, with the letter that comes through, doesn't it, from, I think they now call it VRLD or something like that, which to everybody else is the, it used to be called the Motor Tax Office. I'm sure all of us Gerns still call it the Motor Tax Office, irrespective of where they put it and who mans it. So the letter came through, and my licences, like most people's licences, got... Uh, a car and a motorcycle on it. But what causes the confusion is I've then got a whole series of other categories. So I've got the HGVs, PSVs, and the whole the whole works, really, um, going back to my, my days on tractors and all sorts of things. So I've got all these, these other categories that cause the problem because um, to renew my licence now is, is rather a different process. Um, for anything other than the basic categories, I am now obliged apparently, because of my age, 
to have a medical completed by a doctor every time. And it's a bit of a nuisance, really, because it's no longer just going and, you know, to fill the form out and everything else. It's, it's quite a, a complicated process. So anyway, I, I duly organised this appointment with my doctor, and that was sort of, I don't know, for argument's sake, 10 days ahead. I turned up at the allotted time in my doctor's surgery, sat there and waited until well past when the time was, because that seems to be standard with doctor's surgeries. I think it was about 20 minutes past. He, it was only the second appointment in the day. I couldn't actually work out how can you be 20 minutes late if I'm the second appointment. But anyway, that's, that's nothing to do with me. Um, I eventually found myself sat with the doctor who's known me probably roughly about 20 years, I guess, on, on and off. Probably all of you have got the same sort of doctors. I know we see different doctors at different times, but there tends to be one doctor who you would call your doctor who probably knows you best. I'm not a great one for doctors. I'm not, not that often ill. I'm certainly blessed with good, good uh, health generally. And, uh, but this, this doctor has known me over quite a period when I have popped in and out to see him. My appointments with the doctor tend to be a quick five minutes. I've got this. I need that. Thank you very much. I'm off. I don't tend to be a great, great sort of discussion. But nevertheless, the doctor's come to know me over quite a period, as I'm sure yours has as well. He probably actually, thinking about it afterward, probably knows more about me than most people in my life. Because you go there to share things that are your problems, don't you? So he knows that I've suffered from depression from time to time in my life. He knows that I've had health issues. And he knows um, what my likes and dislikes are, if you like, because they tend to come out in the conversation. You tend to tell the doctor the reason why you might be feeling depressed or what, what the issues might be. So he's got a bit of history about me and he knows what my weak point is because the strange thing is if I get anything wrong with me I'll nearly always get a sore throat. That's one of the first things to get, no matter what it is. That tells me that uh, I've got to do something about it. So there was no getting out of it. The fact is he knows me well. I couldn't really hide anything from him. There was no excuse. He wasn't going to give me an easy ride. I needed him to fill this form out for me to get my driving license. And he wasn't going to fill it out unless he went through the process of checking me out against the records of my past, if you like, and also against how he thought I'd be in the future. That was what my driving license was about. So he dutifully set about getting out all sorts of apparatus, as, as they do. And he pushed and prodded me and put things on my arm and banged my knees and tipped my eyes. He stood me in front of some hieroglyphic chart in the distance on the wall and said, can you read that? Fortunately, I could, so that was all right. That was another tick in the box. And um, he sat me down again and he checked in one ear and he didn't see the light coming through from the other one, so that confirmed there was still something there, apparently. Anyway, finally he sat me down and said, can you answer all these questions with me? So he then went through all the things that he said. Have you had depression in the last six months, months, a year or whatever? Have you got high blood pressure? Are you on tablets? Well, of course, he knows all this, but he's still asking me the questions. And all the time, he's ticking boxes, initialing things, flipping the chart back and forwards for all it's worth, 
and at the end of it we end up with this story. Finally, we get to the bottom of the form. I think it was four pages or something like that. But anyway, we get to the end of the form and he says, you're fit as a fiddle. You've got no problems at all. Your eyesight's brilliant. You're fit as a fiddle. There you go. Sign form. Off you go. Back into the melee of the waiting room. Go and see my secretary. She'll put the official stamp on it. You're done. I thought, great. So that Still no sign of God here, is there? And you're thinking, well, hold on a minute. He said God was there. So afterwards, I, I go out to my car and I sit in the car for a second and I just sort of take stock of what I've got to do next because here's this form that's talking about my history and my future, if you like. Um, and, you know, what, what's the next thing I've got to do? Well, obviously, I've got to return this form with some cash, as always, uh, to the motor tax office. But I was just musing over what had happened in, in those moments, probably 40 minutes in the doctor's surgery, and I really felt God talking to me about what had just happened. It, it, it seems the strangest thing, but he gave me this verse, which I want to share with you now. And if you've got your Bibles with you, feel free to turn to them, but I will read out all the verses that I'm going to uh, use this morning. So this is Psalm uh, 139, and I'm going to read from 1 to 4. And he said to me, you have, ex- it, well, sorry, this, this reads, and he said to me, O oh Lord, you have examined my soul and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my every thought, even when far away. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it. You both precede me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. Now, in the context of what I'd just done, that was a strange verse, I thought, that, that came to me. But then, when you actually think about what I was just relating to, the doctor had looked at my history in all the records. He'd looked at what was in front of him, and he'd made a judgment where I was fit to go forward and drive. And then he was signing a form that was going to set my future. Because if he'd said no, I'd have had to go to the motor tax office and say, I can't drive. And I think all of us would agree that you've become reliant on, on your vehicles. So the, the doctor, in a strange way, had a hand in my future. But the word that God gave me here said, I've got a real hand in your future. I've got a hand in your past, I've got a hand in your present, and I've got a hand in your future. My doctor was just using his memories of our previous meetings and a whole bunch of other information that he had recorded to form this judgment about my ability to drive. But in a very small way, he'd helped to shape my immediate future by signing off that form and allowing me to move forward and drive. But God, now that's a different story, isn't it? God's Involvement is not short-term. God's involvement is long, long long-term. God was present in that room, and I knew it. The outcome was no surprise to God, because he knew it. God knew what was the outcome, even before I went in that room. Even before it occurred, he knew that because... 
he was there and he cared for me, he knew what the outcome was going to be. Because he's cared for me ever since I was conceived. He's cared for me ever since I was born. He's cared for me ever since I decided to come back into his family. He's cared for me. And I feel his presence in my life every day. And it seems such a silly thing really to talk about going and get your driving licence renewed. But I think as we progress through this message this morning, you'll understand that what I'm trying to say to you is God really cares about that detail. He cares about everything that you do, no matter how simple, no matter how small. And you know, it's a, it's a mistake when we actually don't involve God in those things. I mean, getting a licence renewed it really is a small issue, isn't it? It seems like such a ridiculously small issue. And in some ways it is. But I don't think we can ever quite understand how deeply God wants to be involved and is involved in your life. That's how deeply God wants to be involved. These words were from King David. He realised that this was beyond his understanding. And he says in Psalm 139, 6, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is, it is high. I cannot attain it. Nevertheless, he concluded this, How precious also are your thoughts for me. O oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in a number than the sand. You can't even begin to count sand, can you? You know, if you grabbed a handful of sand on the beach, you can't count how many grains of sand. If you have sugar cubes or something like that, you can count how many you've got, but grains of sand. That is how much God cares about us. That is how much God uh, really does care. And I thought about uh, if I'd told the doctor I was fine, but the records in front of him said something different, what would have happened? You know, what if I'd gone in there um, and I'd said, yeah, marvellous, can, can you just sign a form, please? And yet he'd read on the, on the records that maybe I was suffering from high blood pressure or whatever it might have been. Then he would have stopped, wouldn't he? He would have stopped and he would have said, well, hold on a minute, that's not quite right. This, is this the same person? Yeah, it's got his name on the top of the form. Well, he's not presenting with that same information, if you like. He would have certainly asked me more questions, wouldn't he? He would have asked me more questions. He didn't ask me to explain myself as to why I was presenting in that, in that way. You know, God has already forgiven me for anything that I might not be presenting correctly. He's forgiven you too. The things we might have done, the things we might not have wanted to share, God's already forgiven them. So, trying to hide them from God is not the way to do it. The analogy I use is, I had to be honest with my doctor, because he had the record. God's got our record. God knows us. God knows us intimately. And he's already forgiven us. There is nothing that he can't forgive us. So there is no point in going to God and thinking that we can hide something from him, because he already is intimately aware. Returning to my driving analogy, 
um, at the root of this message this morning, and I haven't really in, in some ways got to the title, and those of you that have heard me speak before, it's quite often very late on before I actually get to explain the title. Um, but I will get there, honestly, I promise you. We've only got about another eight pages to go, so we shouldn't be too long. I am joking, by the way, for those of you that think you're leaving. Um, the thing about driving is you don't just wake up one day and, and know how to drive. Whether it be a car or a motorbike, you don't literally... I remember the, the, the days 14 was the age for a motorbike, but I didn't get to the day... Well, actually, in my case, I was riding motorbikes on before I should have been, but that's another story. Um, but you don't suddenly get to the allotted day when you can get your licence and just go down that office and get your licence and that's it, you're driving, do you? You've got to get to that, that allotted age, if you like, and then you go and get some lessons. Somebody teaches you how along the way. Uh, somebody takes you out, uh, and then you finally get to get, get your licence. I remember, actually, um, and Liz will probably... Uh, comment on this even if she does it under her breath but I remember when I did first get my license for a, for a car I thought I was king of the road probably like most guys I, I guess probably really thought I was king of the road fantastic that you know I can do this I can drive as fast as I like nobody will care all those sorts of things well anyway I really did think but you know my point here is why do we think in some things that we don't need to learn? Why do we think in some things that we're not going to make mistakes? You know? God, in this analogy that I'm giving you this morning, God is very clear. We need to learn. We will make mistakes, and he's already forgiven them. So we shouldn't expect to just get to an allotted day, be perfect, and just, in my analogy, go and drive. We should expect to be learning. There is an argument that says that we carry on learning for our entire driving career. I'm not sure that's true for me, but I don't mean, I don't mean because I've learned, I just mean I'm not very good at learning. <laughs> Maybe I still think I'm king of the road, I don't know. Ah, there you go. You're meant to comment under your breath. Okay. But the point is, um, just sticking with that for one second, the, the, the king of the road thing is you think you're invincible. You think that you can do it in your knowledge. You think you've learnt to drive. I can drive as fast as I like. I can ignore the rules. I'll go around this corner too fast, but that'd be fine. And the thing about it is, is that God and our life with God is a bit different because God's always looking out for you going into that corner too fast. God's always looking out for you just overstepping your ability and really becoming reliant on yourself rather than on God's uh, ability. God is constantly trying to look after you, protect you from being king of your own road, in a sense. I think our, our relationship with God is so important. I think at times, at times we need to know that God is protecting us. He, you know, we might get the odd bump along the way, but what we don't want to do is get overconfident. What we want to do is take things to God and let him be our driving instructor. Let him take us 
on the ride in the country. It's usually when we have a bit of a shock in a car, you know, maybe we have a close call or something like that, that we actually take stock, don't we? We stop and we think, wow, that was close. I might not take that corner quite so fast next time, or I might slow down for that junction, or over here it's the filters, isn't it? Especially this time of year with the higher cars. Anyway. Once we've learned to drive, we have a sense of freedom that we can get places and do things and take other people with us and enjoy what is around us. Of course, worthy of mention here is... To get the most out of driving, we need to stick to the rules. There are clear-cut rules. If we don't stick to the rules, it's probably not going to be that long before somebody stops you and you get the knock on the side of the windscreen or window to say, excuse me, sir, but I was just looking out of that corner or whatever and I saw you do something. And then there's a case to answer, isn't there? or a situation to answer to. I want to say to you today that God sets us free, but he has got a route planned for us. It's not by chance. The Lord's words in Jeremiah say, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it might seem a bit of a vague link, I hope it doesn't, But, you know, the journey that we're on is God's journey with you. It isn't by chance. So we need to know that and we need to kind of be be very much aware. God desires good for his children. This is Romans 8.28. And this theme is, is repeated throughout his word. And one thing I absolutely want to say that we don't often actually say God's word is truth. God's word is truth. You can stand on it. You can believe in it. You can see it. It is true. Very simple. But we don't always say it. And we need to remind ourselves, God's word is true. So he has those plans for us and and, um, you can see that if we choose to ignore it, his route may not be too long before we find ourselves travelling through a wilderness. If we don't follow God's route, if we ignore him and we think we know better, I don't think using the driving analogy it would be that long before we turn down the wrong road and we find ourselves going, going somewhere different. Sharing my thoughts with God that day began, uh, I began to consider not only what he has done for me, but what he actually provides me with today. You know, again, so often we, we, we just carry on and, uh, you know, doing things without thinking. I don't know if you've ever had that experience of driving somewhere and you get there and you're completely oblivious to how you got there. What road did I go down? I meant, I, I meant, I meant to go past the vegetable stall. Did I? I haven't got the vegetables in my, in my seat, so did I or didn't I? We, we all drive at times in a sense of uh, subconscious, if you like, 
because we're, we're automatically driving rather than kind of really thinking about the journey. Does anybody else do that? I know I do. Gareth's uh, nodding there, so he obviously does as well. This is why I came up with the title this morning of going for a drive in the country. Going for a drive in the country. I bet you, the minute I say those words, you're thinking about some pleasant scene. Looking out the window of your car. The countryside is, is nice. It's green. It's pleasant. I bet you the sun's out in your thoughts. I bet you you're thinking about something pleasant. It doesn't conjure up, you know, worrying concern. It conjures up a nice feeling, does it not? Thus for me anyway, so if you're different, well, so be it. I, I, when I was preparing this, I was thinking about this, this title and what came into my mind was actually driving in the country but driving to a destination to have a nice picnic, nice and relaxed in the sunshine, hearing the birds tweeting and the, you know, maybe the odd, I'd say fox, but of course in Guernsey we haven't got foxes, but you know, the odd uh, animal walking past or something in the countryside. I don't think there's much of a nicer place to be on, on a summer's day. Um, and of course the weather, except for today, has been perfect. Let's just stop for a minute though and just think about the journey itself rather than the destination. You see, God didn't provide just the destination. God, God didn't provide just the destination. He provided the journey. You're on the journey with God now. I return uh, to the words that I read before because I think they're very relevant to this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But that talks like a root. That talks like a root. He's got you on a root. Yeah? He's got you on a root. His plan is to prosper you. His plan is to take you somewhere that's prospering you. His plan is to uh, not to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future. Now having a future is a belief in what you're going to see, not what you're seeing today. Yeah? So his whole plan is really to take you somewhere. He also says, and I ask you to consider these words very closely, they're the words obviously of Jesus Christ. Your father knows the things you need, need of before you ask him. He tells us to look at the birds of the air, for they are neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than them? The journey we're on is a journey with God. God will provide. His words are true. The journey you're on is a journey that he is providing. His words are true. None of what I've read is made up. None of what I've read is just found idly hanging around. It's in the Bible. It's what God said. And it's a message to all of us. So my thought um, 
that I would like to leave you with this morning as I head towards the close. Seven pages to go. Not really. It's simply that we can choose both how we look at our life and whether we choose to enjoy it or not. We can choose to look towards the destination or we can choose to enjoy the journey. And I really want to say to you this morning that what God was saying to me was enjoy the journey. I hope that's what he will say to you and is saying to you through this message. Enjoy the journey. I'd like you to consider then the next time you're driving along, possibly in a traffic jam or possibly in a built-up place where, where maybe the houses are a bit grey or whatever, but I'd like you to just consider changing your thoughts in your mind to consider at that very moment you're driving in the countryside. If, if nothing in our life is by chance, if nothing in our life is not uh, without God's plan, then I think we should be quite excited about every part of it, every part of the journey. We should be thinking about the glories, if you like, of the countryside, even when we may not actually be seeing that out of our window. Because God says in his word right there, I have plans to prosper you. I have a plan for you to prosper you. I'm not uh, doing anything ill to you. I have good for you. So he's saying you should be excited. If I read those things out, surely surely you feel excitement. You feel like there's something great to look forward to because God says it there. So if we're driving through maybe a, a uh, less than perfect appearing place, there's something better to come because God says it right there. We need to think like we're driving in the country, in my analogy. You can be confident in your destination and confident in your journey because God has promised it to you. God has promised it right there in scripture that I've already shared. You know, very often we've got a lot to be happy about that we don't realise. We've got so much to be grateful for because of God's promises and because of God's grace. And sometimes we can get very focused on the negatives rather than the positives. I think it's only fair though for a second that I do just look at that. I know for myself it's not always that easy to kind of feel that positivity despite God's promise. Very easy for the world to drag us down, if you like, and us not to see that picture when we look out of our window. If you feel you're driving through the wilderness, I want to encourage you this morning that it's only temporary. You are passing through this world and you are passing through that situation. It says in scripture that God has a plan for you and it's positive. So if you are not in a positive situation right now, the part of your journey you are passing through right now is not brilliant, believe me, it's because you're passing through it. You're not stuck in it, you're not stopping, you're not parking. 
it is temporary. God has promised you here there is a plan for your life and it is positive. We do not need to look out the window thinking, I'm stuck in this place. You're not. You are on God's journey. You're passing through. One thing again, I just want to say, absolutely, God's words are never wasted. God's words are never untrue. God means what he says. If you're feeling like you're in the wilderness, one thing you can do is turn to God. Turn to God. He'll just pick you up, put you back on the road, set you clear. In the strangest way, he said to me, I am the best sat-nav you can ever get. You don't need to set the destination because I already know it. You don't need to set the journey time because I know it. You don't need to do anything other than turn to me and say, God, take me home because he's already got that journey planned. We so often want to put into the sat-nav what we want, not what God wants. So, the strangest of messages, but God is the best sat-nav you'll ever get. Right? He will take you home. He will take you through the journey. And he will take you home. You don't need Bluetooth with God either. Do you know why that is? God doesn't need Bluetooth. He's got the best link of all. Every single one of you, whether you know God or not, I promise you, I've got a link between God and your heart. You might not switch that on yet. If you haven't come to know God, you may not have switched it on yet. But believe me, every one of us deep inside has got God in his heart. He doesn't need any Bluetooth. He'll talk straight to your heart. That's the sat-nav I want. That's the sat-nav I want. Cool. No more mistakes there. No, no more turning down blind alleys if I'm connected to God properly. That's the sat-nav I want. So I just want to urge you as I do draw to a close, six pages to go, no, not very again, just urge everybody this morning to think about what God has done and does do for you. Sometimes we don't focus on that. We, we focus on a lot of the things we want God to do. But you know, he's already doing so much. Do you not agree? God is doing so much in our life already. So many things that are happening because God is in control. God's taking you on that journey. I just urge you to not look back. You know one of the biggest mistakes while you'll fail your driving test? Strangely enough, spending too much time looking in your rearview mirror. When you're taking your driving test, you need to be looking forward. You have to glance at the mirror. So I'm not saying don't acknowledge your past, but move on. Look in front. God's not a God of the past. God's a God of the future. God's a God of the journey that you're going on, not the journey you've been on. There's a very good reason in my view, why the windscreen 
is that big and the rear view mirror is that big. Let's just use that analogy for a minute. Right? I'm not saying walk away from your past, but remember, your past is that, your future is that. Right? It's a whole different world. God has a fantastic journey for you, believe me. You just can't repeat this scripture enough. God has a fantastic journey for you. The way I see it, your future is rosy. The way I see it, every one of your futures is rosy. God has a journey that you're on, a journey that he promises to prosper you, a journey that he promises to look after you, that he hasn't got ill for you. Your future is rosy, surely. Is it not? We have to acknowledge that the journey that we're on is absolutely the best journey we could be on. With God in our life and God leading us and God taking us, the journey we're on is like a drive in the countryside. It's something to look out that window and be thankful for. It's something to look out that window and be grateful for the fact that you can be on that journey because of God's grace, because of God's plan because of God's mercy, because of God's forgiveness. And we just need to remember that that is what our God really brings to us. It's just that grace, that mercy, that love. So as I close, and I'll ask the musicians if they would come back, please. Um, We'll play one last song. But I'd like to just close with... with, um, a scripture which I'll read, but I want to read it prayerfully over you because I felt this um, was really from, from God as I closed this morning. And it's um, from Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. But as I say, I, I want to read this prayerfully over you. So I pray, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in, in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And I pray that over your life today. And I pray that that might be a real shining light over our path and our journeys. I just ask you today, don't don't just go from here. Don't just forget what I've said. Just please, just dwell on it. The journey is every bit as important as the destination. To live, we download from Lancelot Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website, thelancelot.com.
time. Love you guys.